Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 677. I'm just reaching across here because I forgot to press the backup recording. I'm going to do that now because, as we know, always worth having a backup, a plan B. I'm just waiting for this to boot before I get into anything meaningful. Come on, then. Load up. Gosh, this Zoom is very slow today. Isn't that always the case when you need it? Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll wait for it to boot up. Um, yeah, this is the podcast to do with music technology, which I'm ably demonstrating, and the, maybe the lack of understanding in it as well. Or the la- <laughs> which yeah, I'm also happens. ably demonstrating. Always that's happens. what we're here for. Yeah, that's what we're here for, the uh, the, the plan B. But uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, yes, Sonic Talk, you can find us on uh, in audio, where we stream also live to Facebook Live. We should be on Facebook Live, hello, if you're all out there. Also stream to Twitch. We also shoot a pre-show a little bit before. I was just noodling around on the uh, the little uh, new uh, Create Audio uh, Pittsburgh uh, modular uh, collaborative modules. Uh, Mr. Phil Turr and Mr... I'm trying to remember what it's called, uh, Mr. Big O, Captain Big O uh, Oscillator. So uh, please do um, stay tuned for that. If you're interested, you can join us on Patreon. It's just a simple matter of heading over to patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. And just a couple of bucks will get you uh, the pre-show stuff. And there's also other exclusive content if you want to spend a bit more. You know, it's entirely up to you. We appreciate the support, but uh, just going to point you in that direction. Matt, I can hear your speakers coming back quite loudly. I wonder if you could just turn them down a bit. I do beg your pardon, which I may as well just come straight to you because it's time to introduce our, our gang. Uh, Mr. Matt Hodson, uh, a.k.a. Maths, who is there over in uh, Brighton. How are you, Matt? I'm good, actually. I'm, uh, although a little bit tired and a little bit sunburned, I got up this morning, I've taken some leave from my daytime job and decided to go for a nice three-hour-long walk on the South Downs, which was rather nice, and uh, oh, just got out into nature. And I just wanted to say, actually, if any of you have not been out the house for the past couple of days and still in a bit of a lockdown blues kind of thing, get out into the countryside, treat yourself to some fresh air. It's really important you know, to balance all this kind of technology and studio time with a bit of outdoor time. So here, that's here. my little that's message a, for you that's all That's a good message. And I will, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling that, uh, funnily enough, I'm tired today as well. I don't know what I couldn't sleep last night. I was on a show yesterday, which was uh, this uh, thing called Office Hours, uh, if I bring that up here. And it was, uh, it was really interesting. A lot of guests, it was like a lot of panellists and I was quizzed for an hour. It's a bit like being in front of a grand jury or a, or a kind of parliamentary committee, I'd imagine. I felt a bit like um, uh, like Dominic Cummings or something, you know, being sort of quick-fired question. But it was really good and I thoroughly recommend you check that out. It's uh, Office Hours slash Global. If I post the link in the show notes... Uh, I think I've got that. Uh, where is that? If I just, I didn't actually make a post, so I'll just do it out here. Office hours dot global. And uh, I was one of the guests. They broadcast every day. And it's literally quickfire questions, all to do with video and streaming and photography. And it's They're all very smart people, so I felt quite uh, uh, intimidated. But it was good fun. Um, Yes, but outside, that would be nice. I did walk to work today. Uh, I suppose that's something, eh, Matt? I mean, that's better than, <laughs> better than nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and uh, other, other than that, just been doing loads of music. I, I'm so much into the music vibe at the minute. Um, I'm just having a run with that. I think since I've, I've got this new live performance case thing sorted out, um, it's, it's just... Yeah, it's just been really sort of giving me loads of loads of vibe to just start writing again. Um, well, I'm continuously writing, as you know. Um, in fact, oh, in fact, I'm doing a, a live stream later on, part two, 
of this uh, performance case that I've put together, which I tried to stream last week, I think it was, but my USB fell over and the camera died and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going oh, again man. tonight if, you, if anyone wants it. to join us. Um, and I'll be uh, going through like the routing and the processing, the side chaining, the, the voicing effects, all those kind of things. If you join me live, you can ask me questions about it as well if you want. What time's that tonight, Matt? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Okay. Uh, the, I, posted the I posted the link in the chat room, so you should all be able to oh, see thanks. that. Um, and also we have, um, oh, I don't know where to go. I'm going to come right to left. Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there at Nevo Sound, uh, home of the hits, home of a very specific hit, which is uh, I would like to point out if you haven't actually already checked it out. I'm just trying to find, yeah, I found me mouse now. Uh, if you haven't already checked it out, do check out the uh, Sonic album, uh, Bandcamp, uh, if you check that, Sonic 001, 18 tracks. We did a great uh, video with uh, Yoad, Yoad about the track Waiting For You with uh, he did with Nina Smith. How are you, Yoad? Have you been busy? Very busy. Very busy. It seems like um, I haven't left the chair since uh, I've been on the show two weeks ago. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we can continue from where we pick up from where we left it, really. Right. Well, I I, could, I, I can't tell, but uh, you, I'm sure you've changed clothes and sort of been been to sleep and stuff like that. So <laughs> at the very least. Yeah. The trick is the trick is always wear a black T-shirt, and then you're always fine. Continuity. Yeah, I, I get you. Exactly. <laughs> nice one. Well, lovely to have you, Yoad, and I look forward to uh, further chats in a bit. And we've also got Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in his studio in Bristol. How are you, Gaz? Uh, you've been, you're back on the streaming uh, streaming wagon again, or not on the wagon, off the, I don't, how does it work? Back on, <laughs> on the streaming truck. Uh, on the truck. Yes, I'm going to be back uh, today, uh, tonight, after Matt's show. Actually, I'm going to be on at 8pm, so hopefully that won't uh, overlap uh, with uh, my, uh, my take on the uh, UDO Super 6. So I'm really ah. excited to talk about because, you know, and in fact, why did I buy it? That's going to be the question. Um, but I just want to say, Nick, that if you go to uh, the office hours global, you actually, it says focus on Nick butt of Sonic State. I'm glad it doesn't say focus on Nick's butt of Sonic State. Oh, but, gosh. Uh, you might want to get them to change that because, um, yeah, that's the last I, thing we I, want to be focusing on. I didn't even on. notice. I didn't even notice. God. Uh, okay. Right. Well. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Thanks. I'm just trying to make. I'm just trying to make light humour out of that. There. Maybe they. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll. Uh, they'll. They'll think I'm related to uh, one of the Manchester United uh, dream team footballers. There's a Nicky Butt, isn't there? Who Nicky was uh, one of, of, one of the is. footballers there? So yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a great show, and, uh, <laughs> and and honestly, for any of you guys who are into streaming, it's worth having on because the first hour every day is just people sort of answering questions from the audience to do with streaming and, and cameras and that and it, it's it is literally it, you could slow it down there's so much information in there it's brilliant right what more is there to know though what more is there to know uh there's I mean, a lot to know guys that's the one thing yeah. I, I'm, I'm figuring out <laughs> a lot a very a, right. a very very great deal uh let me see if i okay. can get you a bit more uh Central. There we are. Uh, yes, but yes. anyway, that's that's our guest. That's your panelist for this week. Uh, thank you very much for everybody for joining us again. We've got our friends in the YouTube chat. Nice to see you all there, and in the uh, IRC and in the Discord. I'm going to have a. We're going to see if we can figure out a way to kind of unify this chat and maybe maybe bring in some questions and figure out a way to do it because we want to have a way that they get highlighted. Anyway, that's all plans for the future. This is what that that's what comes of watching other people who've been doing it for ages in a slightly different way. But you know, that's what. 
Well, I'm hoping. So, anyway, let's start with some news. Um, what's the first thing that's coming up? Ah, yes. Well, this the, the this is finally here now. The L5 hardware has finally been launched. You can buy it now. Uh, I think they've got a production run coming. This is the little box that kind of essentially plugs into your router and can plug into your computer as well for USB audio. It creates a very low latency real-time performative connection. Most of these are quite low uh, mileages. It's something like 100 milliseconds... 100 milliseconds per uh, 100 kilometres, I believe. So no, it's not perfect. One millisecond. But one millisecond, I do beg your pardon. Anyway, there's loads of performance stuff here. I mean, I've actually got... Now I can use my new shot. Hey, stand by, everybody. Mm. Uh, this is the uh, the Elk box, uh, which I've got a picture of it. So it's a little box. I think it's got, like, a Raspberry Pi in it and a, an Elk OS hat, which allows it to kind of run. It's got uh, two I.O. on the... Uh, combi and jack outputs but it's also got uh, ADAT IO, USB audio and Ethernet that you plug into your computer and a, a USB host port and it allows you, and MIDI as well, so I mean essentially it's like a dedicated streaming thing for point to point you have to have it at either end and this you know I'm really interested to see whether this is one of the solutions to the problem we've all been struggling with because I mean I know me and you have mm. been talking about doing yep. something on VST Connect and we've tried and me and Matt have mm. done something with uh, RTP MIDI Matt you know which you know but it's all it's all quite but not quite so maybe this will right. be the answer what, what have you been keeping on because you did some of the shots yes. you did some of the stuff when you talked to the people at NAM and Super yes Pro, it's something yeah, I think I've been really, really following closely. And, uh, you know, now with the reveal of what the actual box looks like and what the facilities of the box is, this is all kind of great now in, in terms of it's that much closer to reality. When does it, When are they available? It's imminent, isn't it? It's, it's not quite available yet, is that right? Am uh, I, wrong? I think it's quite soon. I think it's, it's pre-orders, isn't it? Yeah, pre-orders at the moment, yeah. Yeah. So... What's really good about this, I think, is that, um, you know, they're clearly identifying that uh, certain people can be very interested in this. Myself, absolutely. I'm all about playing and all and about playing in real time. So I'm really excited about this. Clearly, the, the latency issue is a massive issue, but one millisecond per 100 kilometres is pretty cool. That means certainly Europe-wide jamming is all kind of could be possible totally yeah. doable and also america uk jamming is just about all right i think you know i think you'd be around the 10 millisecond mark there um well that's a big room isn't it 10 milliseconds yeah well it, yeah absolutely so i mean this is very promising but i think the hardware is interesting in what they've done is they know that most people are going to have an audio interface so i see the inclusion of adat really good there so you could essentially be going eight in eight out into yeah. your existing setup or the thing itself is a class compliant audio interface as well so as a standalone audio interface uh and then of course it's it's got the most important part of it which is the ethernet input on there so as a device i mean it's fairly keenly priced i think you know i mean 279 than, i think uh introductory yeah. price which is, you oh, know, that's introductory price. I think it's going to be about mm. three, four, nine. So it's not, I mean, it's not cheap, no, but it's right. also quite specialised, isn't it? It's something specialised, yeah. But I think the way that you can use it, though, you know, as a block on a, a box on its own connected to uh, a laptop or 
to your bigger system with multi-channel audio, I think makes it, you know, the hardware, like I think a clever, clever thing. Now, do we know, is there subscription charges for using the service? You know, that is a very just... good question. Uh, there's right. no, uh, there's mm. no, because uh, it must be something in between, some sort of server, mustn't there? I right. guess maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. There is no. Right. I didn't get any information yeah. about that. Actually, good, good so question. So Elk, the the driving force behind this, are, you know, it's all about the Elk OS, the OS that's running inside of this box. So I guess on the Raspberry Pi, um, and they've, you know, they've successfully been trying this out in i think stockholm over the last few years um and then recently over the last year they've been doing these much larger distances um and to all reports you know it, it does appear to be working so this is actually i think really exciting for the players you know for you know people who want to play in real time i mean it still feels like the dream you know yeah so i'm i'm i I'm going to hold back a certain amount of yeah. my enthusiasm until if I can do like a 16th note funk groove and be bang in the pocket, then it gets my thumbs up. But until then, you know, this is yeah. potentially I, I very promising. Like, exactly. But, yeah, uh, Yoad, I imagine you're going to introduce the concept of physics, which means some of these concepts, some of the things that they're claiming are kind of impossible from a sort of uh, uh, for just from a physics point of view I mean when there, there is latency involved in this because you know it's of distance and whatnot but it's an interesting concept. I mean you've you've obviously got uh, interest in listen to who but that's a sort of, that's not necessarily bi-directional is it the uh, uh, the way that works but it very it's very effective it, it could be but you you still have some latency uh, with this uh, with the elk um, I think that what they do is they they pack it they package the audio into packets that suit their own kind of um, trans transmitting port the protocol. So, um, and if you did that on the computer, you'll have to go through the OS and memory and all that, and that in itself will create enough latency that it won't feel like like real time. So they kind of um, have their way of um, of dealing with that. Um, and it seems to, to, to work fine. It will be interesting to see how it reacts after, you know, uh, how, how people react after a lot of people have used it and different distances and seeing how reliable it is. Because the one thing it allows you is to have a live session at the same time if you, you know, if there are glitches or something like that and you lose a take, then that would be that would be a little bit annoying. Uh, although uh, I don't want to sound like Louis C.K. in his uh, thing about the, the phones that it's it's going to space and all that, like complaining about new technologies that haven't even um, that just arrived. Yeah. So it looks very promising. Um, the thing is that on the video you see them jamming and the video is synchronized, but here the audio may be synchronized or have a little bit of latency but you would you would look at someone through zoom or skype or something like that which will that'd so be, the, the kind of visual away. interaction yeah, will not point. have the same thing as if you're yeah. playing uh, in the same room so that could even be a little bit misleading in terms of kind of uh, yeah. the groove and Visual cues are very important. Yeah, the visual cues are an incredibly together. important part of playing live. That's a very good point, Yoad. I mean, yeah, 
could, well, yeah. I mean, to be so, fair, though, yeah. I mean, but, I guess, I know, guess it's, you... it's it, sorry, sorry to interrupt that. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I... saying I don't want to sound like someone who is uh, kind of complaining about something that is is incredible, actually. So. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that's going to be interesting about this, because it's a class-compliant audio interface, I mean, it's almost like, well, if you need an audio interface that's got that capability, I mean, I don't know how it sounds or anything, but be, you, you could presumably record your local sessions anyway and then send them up. It's more about the performance aspect of it rather than sending the, the full quality bandwidth to somebody else for the full session. So that would be kind of interesting. I don't know how that's going to work. So, I mean, essentially, you're paying a bit more for an, well, uh, maybe twice as much as you would expect for an audio interface, but it's got this capability built in if it does yeah, but, that as well but does it have a good mic preamp does it yeah, have I, a high z yeah you That's know input question. because if you if you buy something it for does, 300 yeah. quid you expect it to to kind of tick all the boxes in terms of the sound code yeah um so i think it's a great i think it's a great thing and it's quite amazing that it actually works and it will be good to see how how it does yeah. I know, Matt, is this something, I mean, because you're very much geared around performance stuff. I mean, I guess, you know, you've done stuff live with uh, drummers and whatnot. I mean, is that something mm. that you'd kind of like to introduce a third party into if it could be done remotely as well? Because there could be all sorts of yeah. potential for that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love working with live drummers um, with the modular stuff. Um, I've done that at a number of places like Superbooth and what have you. And a lot of the drummers, they already have a setup where mics are set up the kits there obviously and and they're there so the ability for us to kind of do that over the web is brilliant because um a lot of let's say technologists and producers who have got a lot of kit to get together with someone go somewhere and jam you've got to dismantle your rig pack it all together stick it in a car go set it up somewhere it doesn't sound the same when you set it up you forgot a couple of usb cables or something um Whereas here, you can kind of just do it from your studio to one another. Um, yes, um, it, it's not going to be bang on, perfect, but it, this seems the closest we've got yet uh, for this sort of level of music. We've seen with um, Tim Exile's Endless, where you've got you've got that almost instant ability, but that's a, that's a different game. You know, that's not really uh, live. Although you can record live audio into it, <clears throat> I think this this seems to be more focused at those that might be in bands, uh, wanting to work more with live musicians um, around the country and stuff. And where I work as well at, at BIM, at the music colleges, um, we've got five in the UK, we've got two in Germany. And the ability now to sort of cross-pollinate, if you like, and collaborate with our students across those campuses. Um, so you could have a drummer in Brighton, vocalist in bristol another one in manchester and sort of form these kind of bands and perform together near near instantly i think it's great and at the bottom line is you know bringing people together through music in this way i know we're just about to come out of the lockdown world on the 19th which is good but um for some of us it's been a real struggle and and um music can be a really really healthy thing for people to to bond over and um, and what have you. So anything like this that's coming to market looks great. It, these kind of things always say to me it's a stepping stone to somewhere where we're going to eventually end up down the line anyway. Like with any technology, you know, I hope I hope in five years' time we're looking at technology that is way beyond this 
we can't even imagine it and we've got this amazing collabor collaboration visually audio yeah you know um i wonder whether so, or not um, you, if, if we yeah. sync if we synced the midi clocks between our sessions like we demonstrated that could be done and there was it, there's a fixed latency isn't there to that when you're doing that that maybe yeah. that's that's something that could you know be adjusted. There'd be tools that to allow you to. I mean, we this is the age old problem, yeah. and it's it, you know it'd be interesting if this gets closer to fixing it. I mean, you know, mm. if you're actually investing in some hardware that enables it, there's it's a very different proposition to the to just trying you know RTP MIDI or VST Connect or yeah. any of the other kind of uh, potential things. I mean, because the way that most of the other like Endless does is there's an eight bar loop and it all gets synced for everybody. So when someone joins in, it's what they're hearing, but then it's all synced up together. But the actual, because it's looping, it's possible to synchronise everything together. You know, that's that sort mm -hmm. of makes it a lot more straightforward. Uh, incidentally, we've got an interview with Tim XR coming up uh, sometime soon. I haven't got an exact oh, date for it, uh, where we just talk a little bit about the whole thing with Endless and plans and where it's going and how, what it's been like and stuff. So well worth checking out. But yeah, this is an interesting development, and I do hope that there is actually some... Yeah. Some development on it. Anyway, um, I think we'll just take a quick uh, break for our friends over at Isotope, and I think I'm going to press the right button. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. In, uh, the, uh, joining uh, them, there's uh, also Music Production Suite Pro, which uh, is a little bit cheaper, uh, less expensive, but uh, they also have a whole bunch of other stuff, software, which you can save. If you go to uh, isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, you can use the code SONIC10 at checkout and save 10% on any Isotope plugin or bundle. Uh, not hardware and not subscriptions, obviously. Um, okay, right, let's get on to uh, number two. Two. Um, actually, I'll go, yeah, we'll do this one because I know Matt, you're a big fan of uh, of this. So let's get into a bit of Bitwig uh, action. Bitwig four announced today. I think it went live, or maybe it was last night. We've actually got a, a piece we shot with uh, David Lynn and Bank, uh, where we deep dive into the uh, the new features. Uh, it's comping, which is keeping it right up there with uh, the Ableton gang. In fact, I think they introduced comping into. Uh, Live 11 Lite yesterday at the same time. Obviously a bit of uh, competition going on there. And really interesting operators which allow probability for MIDI note events, audio events, and uh, tempo kind of curves. And really, so you can just have a two bar pattern and kind of basically programming up like a more complex sequencer. Um, I'm gonna come to you first, Matt, because you're a big, uh, I know you're a big, um, uh, Love a it. Bitwig user. So, uh, is, yep. are you excited about this? Have you been? Uh, yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen any of my sort of uh, live streams, the track from scratch where I'm just using Bitwig, um, you'll you'll see that I'm a big advocate of of the direction that they're going in and what they've been able to do just how flexible the programming is. I was really fortunate they, um, I managed to set up them to do a, a number of talks around our UK colleges and they came around and, and showed the students really what it was. And I think for the first time they, it really hit them like, oh, you know, they're starting to become, or are big, big players now in the DAW scene. There was just things that they were doing with it, um, which, which really surprised me. I mean, the grid in itself, is such a playground and um and to use that to sort of uh, i use that with the modular but i mean just to use it on its own as a sequencer um is absolutely fantastic the modulation that you can throw around the place um the, this new probability as well is really really cool um if you've seen my live streams you'll see that i'm into kind of proper probability and um um you know just playing around with with triggers and stuff and uh making things interesting music it's all built into it now it looks really 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 good um one of the other cool things as well i don't know if you know this there's there's things like you can take a sidechain input from any point in in the signal path so if you've got a um a kick drum which has got a compressor on it and then an eq and then some reverb and then some distortion you can actually take the sidechain not just from the kick drum but you could take it after the compressor before the reverb or after the distortion after the reverb or something like that so you can take you can take sidechain inputs from different points in the signal path and apply that obviously to other audio signals to to come up with really interesting effects and and to help really gel things together i just love the, the direction that they're moving into uh with this and um i don't know if you know how they're uh, people listening here how they're a subscription goes but um you know you you pay for it and you essentially you're getting these updates pretty much monthly and some of them are pretty chunky i mean when when they threw the grid out there it that was that was quite a hefty upgrade mm. um i'd like to i haven't actually had a look to see if there's any new bits that they're throwing into the grid i'm sure there is there's probably some new they elements they yeah they didn't there. mention because it's a 4.0 upgrade one other thing that is worth mentioning at this point is because they are multi-platform um they already pre-compile for arm chips so they are m1 native already so if you've got an yeah. M, you're getting m1 native and the way that they have Brilliant. to plug it all the plugins are sandboxed so it means that you can run your old plugins within their environment because their environment is and what is that's right dave did explain this to me but i didn't quite understand it but it's yeah well i mean i've experienced it firsthand where i've had a plugin crash as i'm using bitwig and you can choose to have this turned on or off and the plugin crashes but bitwig doesn't it tells you the plugins crashed and it continues running and and you're just like quick save you know <laughs> you can continue with your work and just replace that plugin so just to have that uh audio engine and plugin engine i'll call it that i don't know if it's the right thing you know, i could probably tell us on this but to have those separated um just means a lot less headaches a lot less crashing and and just getting on with the music basically yeah i know you i mean you you're a software developer you know you kind of design products does the thought of a, a an actual um doing a daw would that be is that that seems like kind of a terrifying prospect there's so much to it i mean is it kind of it takes a very different level of of uh of coding or is it is it sort of more of the same 
it's a monstrous um, project to take on. And, you know, as time goes by, there are more and more features. So to jump in the game now would mean that you will have to come up with come out with something quite basic. And then, which is what everyone is doing. Bitwig started uh, in a completely different place where to, to where they're now. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a huge task and it's an ongoing task and um, you know, um, well done to them for, for for doing this because I think it's it's a really. If I had the time to move to to a different door um, as my main kind of tool, then I it would be probably Bitwig. Ah, interesting. Um, I mean, it will be between that and and Cubase. I'm I'm on Logic and. You know, there are great things about it, but there are great things about uh, other other ones as well. What I really like, the comping is really cool, and the fact that you can um, import stuff from outside the, this the track that you're on means that it's it's like a, it's a kind of an offline looper, really, because you can record, you can throw in stuff, you can sequence things, and they all stay within the the kind of realm of one region so if you have that region sequenced in other places of the song then it will reflect that so it's like it's almost like a a little a range page within a region mm. which is very very cool um and the 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 really cool thing is the this new edit what they call it the the those new edit features where you can uh, change the the repetition, the uh, triggering, yeah, operators. the timing, yeah. the slopes, and all that. And this this reminds me very much of um, Break Tweaker, which is a great plugin. Uh, it's it's a it's a very difficult to to work with it. Like you have to do something and and bounce it or something like that. You don't. It's not something that you can have on and and really play with all the time. Uh, and what they've managed to do is to to make that into part of the workflow within a DAW, which is which is really really good. Um, the fact that you can retrigger obviously it reminds me of Nerve, the drum machine, and XO by XLN. Uh, which you can set the repeat for each uh, for each note, the repeat rate and things like that. But they took yeah. it even further, and the fact that you can randomize the velocity within a range, this is something that EXO they have something similar to that. Um, but it's very cool, and the fact that you can do it on a pair kind of pair region uh, and move it around, it it just adds so much flexibility to the to the. I guess creating process, yeah. Uh, yeah. but it can be be used in a mix as well in a kind of creative ways, which is great, one really thing, good, and it looks really slick and and well thought of. Uh, one thing that we about. looked what we looked at I, when I was talking with Dave is this: there's this idea of this global fill mode, so you can have things that repeat or only become yeah. unmuted when you go, okay, this is fill. So then you know your repetitive pattern will keep going, but it will just go bang, you know, and it might be if it's the fourth time around. There's all sorts of possibilities. Oh, right, guys, have you played with Bitwig mm. at all? Is that something that you've? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I just haven't I haven't had the bandwidth to mm. kind of take it on because it's such a it's such a kind of Herculean task, isn't it, to take on yeah. uh, yet another DAW? I mean, I found myself in Reaper quite a lot, and I'm only just starting to kind of go, oh, right, I'm starting to see the potential of that, but which is a yeah. very different environment to this. Yeah, no, completely. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, we reviewed Bitwig on Sonic here back in seven years ago, actually, I think it was, uh, mm. when version one first dropped, uh, 2014. And it was very promising, but it was quite hard to sort of recommend it over Ableton Live at the time because it didn't really, it hadn't really uh, yeah, developed, developed. As, as Joe had said, you know, had all the features. But now, I mean, it absolutely is such a contender. I think the operators, you know, uh, comping is par for the course, you know. It, it, when you get into comping on whatever platform that is, going to any DAW that doesn't have comping and, you know, the is a, is it's always awkward, isn't it? So comping is a is, is a an evolution of DAWs. Yeah, it's a, um, it, it becomes a norm, it, doesn't it? It's a sort of a norm. That, yeah, yeah, it's almost like it, if you were to move from a from a platform and use comping a lot, then the platform you move to has to have comping, I think. Otherwise, it's yeah. a backward step. So, uh, so that part of Bitwig is absolutely, you know, very welcome, but also almost um, mandatory, really. Uh, however, the operators is the part which gives it its Bitwig sort of special powers. Um, so, ooh, yeah, I mean, again, I don't use Bitwig as my main software. In fact, I don't use it at all, really, other than for review purposes. But um, it's getting tempting. I remember when we first covered Bitwig 1, the, the thing about it was that, you know, watch this space. It's being built in this way, as we've been talking about, uh, with the modular nature of the, the software that is going to give it its advantages in time. So now those advantages have arrived. I think it's, you know... You know, it, it's definitely here. It is. It is. It, it can stand. I think now pretty much shoulder to shoulder with Ableton Live for all the essential things, and then they diverge a little bit. But you know, it, um, good. I mean, it's really good. I, I love it as a piece of software. I just, in, in theory, but you know, I perhaps should start using it. So, uh, can I ask Matt then? Um, do you use the? Do you, do you use it integrated with your modular system? I do, mate. Yeah. In fact, I get a lot of requests to do a video on how I do that. Um, and it's pretty simple, you know, DC coupled sound card. In fact, I've got the Bitwig branded um, Expert, Sleep, Expert Sleeper ZS8, uh, which gives you eight channels out, four channels in. I've got the expander, gives me another eight. So actually I've got 16 outputs coming straight out of there. I've got four going in if I want to. Um, and then I just, yeah, I mean, just get inside the grid. You can set up sequences. Mm -hmm. You can um, you can separate triggers from um, CV and just have them running in their own sequences and play around with phase and time. Um, it's just it's such a pleasure to use. As a it's it's a fun environment as well to use, and the fact that it's it's graphical yeah. based as well. You know, it's it's kind of node based. You're just essentially connecting things with wires and what have you. No coding required. Um, it's it's really quite easy to get your head round, I think. Yeah. Um, well, it has, yeah, so it's I'll got the best built-in help. It, uh, the, the software does have the best built-in help, the, the grid especially, the help. Uh, that blew blew us away when we looked at it. At, I mean, this is old yeah. news now yeah. in version three. But uh, that was, you know, again, one of these things where you kind of go, do you know, this is like, uh, this is really pushing that 21st century pushing things forward so yeah good on them i'm yeah i'm a big supporter of them i think it's really exciting yeah well um, good luck with that but like i say we've got a video dropping tomorrow with dave lindenbank where we go into detail on some of those features uh so uh, stay tuned for that that will be coming up on sonicstate.com um tomorrow gosh i almost sounded like a, a professional there um okay right um 
there were a couple of things that came in a, a little bit l uh, late, uh, which one, one thing is these new Create Audio modules, uh, the fil Mr. Filter and Captain Bigo, which are uh, I've got here, actually, and I was playing them a little bit before the show in the pre-show. Really nice oscillator module, because I was thinking, because the, the, the nifty case, which is what we've got here, we looked at that, and, uh, you know, the two modules were sort of dirty and digital. They weren't, you know, fabulous sounding. But the oscillator, I've got it next to the Pittsburgh modular, um, the original Dixie Core module there. And the comparison, I mean, honestly, Mr. Uh, the Captain... What's it called? Captain Bigo. Bigo. Uh, sounds bigger and beefier it's a much hotter output and the weight of some of those uh, uh waveforms is great and it's got wave folding built in and it's got um distortion built in across all waves so you can you can patch you know your filter your, your output of a particular wave into the folder then out of the folder into the drive you know there's lots of possibilities there and lots of harmonic content it's a very interesting thing i mean there's there, there isn't an awful lot to say it's only just been announced but i'm i'm currently reviewing it so uh, let me just uh, post this in the in the show notes i know um richard nickel from pittsburgh modular is uh, is a bit of an analog genius i mean i reach for his stuff a lot so i'm not surprised it sounds good have you uh, have you have you seen any of the create audio any of you guys i'm i'm lit literally just looking on the website now sorry gaz um Nice. Uh, because I'm, I haven't actually used any myself, so I'm really looking looking forward to your video. I, I've I have been aware of the nifty case. I believe that's theirs, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it is. But this uh, <laughs> their website's quite funny, actually. Some of the stuff they've got in there, like little toy pigs and stuff around the, uh, the the modules and stuff like that. These these look really quite interesting. Fold inputs as well. Okay. Not quite, yeah. Interesting. Gaz, sorry, was you going to say something? Have you used them? No, no, but um, I have been in contact a lot with Rich Nickel about something else, so I've been aware about a lot of the stuff that's coming, and yeah, watch that. You know, there's a lot of cool things coming, uh, and this, um, the whole Create Audio uh, brand is it's trying to bring a you know, a lower entry point into yeah. modular because these are cheap modules, aren't they? I mean, are they ninety nine dollars? Uh, well, each, I, think, I think I think the uh, the filter the uh, Mister uh, Mister Filter is uh, one four nine list, probably ninety nine. Captain Big O is, we think one nine nine one four nine street. So right. yeah, I mean it's, okay. that's dollars. It's pretty you no, know, it's pretty affordable. And that yeah, that you filter, know. And, uh, that, sorry, yeah, that filter you've got, filter, you've got amp, uh, you've got VCA, and you've got an envelope yeah. in there with an, with an ASR on it as well. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. For for like 149 99 bucks probably. Is what's 99 straight. bucks, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yo, Ada, you've been quiet mm. because I know you're not, uh, you're not, you know, you Modular and your world are, are, are difficult to combine in terms of workflow. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 trying to to remember whether this thing that I have here with with about fifteen modules is Pittsburgh or the other company. <laughs> and uh, that's and how often remember. you use it. That's how that's how much I don't use it. <laughs> so, <laughs> dope for maybe dope for all Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh. it's not dope for it's. Um, You can you can leave the chair and have a look if it's really uh, yeah, <laughs> if it's really I, troubling. I, 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 I think we can allow I that. I think it's Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, well, the Pittsburgh modular uh, oscillator. I mean, it, it sounds there. great. It sounds great. The last time I I, I heard it, it sounded it sounded really good, but that was a while ago. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it'll have gone off. I think it'll still be good. Guys, I, 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 the, the nifty case you've got there, though, I mean, that is that is worth pointing out as well, though, just for people who aren't aware of it, because it's a, it's a very well... Um, it's a... There's a lot of features on there, isn't it? And I think yeah, this a, comes in now. Street one nine nine dollars, and that's with the, um, I think that's with the two uh, with cells and chips, which are the sort of entry level modules they've done. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, cool. So I mean, you know, it's quite interesting. They're choosing a different price point, really, from modular. Um, so maybe makes that a little bit more accessible. So I think that that's certainly a cool thing. Um, can you just ask, answer me though? There's an audio out built in. Is that that is just mono though, or is that a, a TS a TRS? Well, that, the, but basically, the the audio out at the back is a single <laughs> mono, but you can sum left and right to it. I think uh, what it does have right. is it's got a pair of a pair of CV gates, so you can have two MIDI channels, one and two. I think it defaults to. Plus, uh, I think there's a mod, so you've got effectively two channels of uh, CV built in. I think there's a USB connection for some MIDI, and uh, mm -hmm. as far as I remember, I, 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 yeah, I have, I've only I only just fired it up really, and I was uh, droning on mm -hmm. a little bit before the show. I didn't really spend a lot of time. MIDI thin plugs on there as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. that was that was really. Let me just. I think I posted that link in the show notes, but I'll do it again uh, in the in the chat just in case. Um, okay, so um, let me see. The, the, now, this we had a couple of questions from a chap called Johan Beck, who emailed in and said, uh, you know, if you've if you ever run short of topics, which we did last week, but we never got round to them, I thought I'd throw them in this week. So thanks, Johan, for uh, throwing those in. But this is. Um, his question was, how does each of the guests learn a new synth? Actually, before I do that, I should probably just go uh, um, with our friends from uh, Modal before I get into that. Modal, the actual niche, Cobalt 8. This is the 8-voice extended virtual analogue synth, uh, innovative oscillator with 34, actually more algorithms now, they've updated it since this. Uh, morphable 4-pole uh, ladder filter, all in DSP, 29 Envis encoders for real-time control, external, in, internal sequencer, I beg your pardon, and arpeggiator, MPE support for expression, which is actually really cool, modal app for Mac, Windows, Desktop, iOS, Android and VST3 AU. If you want to find out more, head over to bit.ly slash, bit.ly slash get underscore modal thank you very much for their support uh, well worth looking at and also one of the prettiest looking synths uh, i think in terms of colors uh, but that's by the by uh, so anyway yes back to the question he wanted to ask uh, how does each of the guests learn a new synth do you take the manual and try everything as you read or do you keep notes do you keep a list of notes for each synth and tips and tricks or do you forget otherwise i mean i guess we could insert other parts of gear, you know, other sorts of gear in here as well, if, if uh, synths on something that you come across a lot. Um, I'm going to start with you, Yoad. I don't know I, I, I don't know whether you're a manual reader or whether you just like to get stuck in and see what it does. So when I when I started, when I used to buy a, a new synth, um, and I'm talking about DX7, Oberheim, Matrix 8, Matrix 6, uh, Kawai, K5, which is an additive synth and stuff like that, Roland stuff, uh, all the D, not the D50 because I couldn't afford it, but I had the MT32 uh, and things like that. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, that was in the, in the beginning. So those manuals 
kind of taught me about synthesis in a way. Um, and especially additive synthesis and all the digital, uh, that, that was a while ago. Uh, but back then I used to erase all the programs. So I used to initialize all the programs and start from scratch on everything. I'm talking about even like Proteus and things like that. Wow. Um, so I used to spend hours and days and then trying to, to copy stuff which didn't have librarian software programs and things like that. So I, I spent years doing that, but, but that's how I learned. Um, and obviously later through, through my work with waves, developing synths and stuff like that, I learned a lot more, but that was a really good way of, uh, of being in control and really starting from an oscillator and building it up on a, on a, an additive system. It can be quite, quite frustrating on an FM, which we, we talked about, could be challenging as well. I, I put it to um, you that the M32, MT32, was probably the hardest of all, if, <laughs> because of the time. It was. I, I, I had, um, yeah, I had this um, this editor for the Atari ST that uh, was great. But even before then, I, could, I used to program um, commands in logic pseudo events and stuff like that to, to edit the reverb and to, to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it taught me so much and also I used to organize it. So one to 10, I'm talking about 128 patches maximum yeah. or something like that, or even less. So one to 10 was base, um, 11 to 20 to, to 19 was uh, pads and pianos and bass and things like that. So they all, were all corresponding um, to the same program numbers. So I used to run a few things together. Um, I used to spend years, I spent years on, <laughs> on doing that. And, uh, and with stuff like the Matrix 6, where you have to dive through the menus um, and all that, but that's the best way of, of learning. I mean, um, it's I guess because you just, it's hands-on. It is. It's interesting that, I mean, in many ways, you know, the chat room is full of people saying manuals. What are they? Don't you mean PDFs? I mean, that's, we don't actually have much of that stuff anymore. The, the, uh, yes. I will just say, say one thing as, as a developer of audio products, the last thing you want to do, the last thing you want to have is your user opening the manual. So that's a big no-no. So these days, everything has to be on the screen, self-explanatory and ready and at the tip of your fingers. If you have to resort to the manual, then you, you've done something wrong in the, in the design or in the definition. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, so that's that's quite a big change in terms of, like, what people would expect Definitely. from that. I don't know, Matt. I mean, I, I suspect, you know, in modular stuff, there probably aren't that many manuals, are there? There's just specifications, right? No, man, there's a lot. In fact, you know, I've got a specific shortcut on my desktop to modular manuals, which is just full of every PDF of, of everything I've got. And there's no there's no shame in anyone jumping into those manuals when, when they're needed. But I think for me, ultimately, when I start off with either a module or a synthesizer, I guess um, I'm trying to discover first and foremost how I interact with it. What's the dialogue I have with it? Do I gel with it? Does it, does it allow me to get results that are pleasing for me, that I'm after? Um, and 
can I do that without much menu diving? You know, for example, for example, when I first got on an analog synth and it had a VCF and and it had um, a VCA on it, you know, these two different envelopes, I wasn't quite sure what they were doing or or why you'd have two of these envelopes and why would you have one for the filter? And I can understand one for the amplitude because you need, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, that was, that's always like a starting point of what do they do? Then I was, you know, playing around with something like a VCS3. I was fortunate enough to have my hands on one of those for a long time while I was at university, which has got a completely different interface in it. But I was kind of like, well, you know, it, I, I guess it's my intrigue more than anything that drives me about learning a synth it's it's the intrigue and the dialogue that i have with it mm. more than oh can i do this on it or can i do that on it it's it's literally playing around with its interface and seeing where it takes me and i can usually tell after five minutes if i'm not going to gel with this thing or not and sometimes i'm wrong because sometimes later on i'll be playing with it the same synth at my mate's studio and i'll be like oh, i didn't like this the first time i used it but i'm really sort of I'm getting yeah. into it now, now, you know, and it just takes one person to say, "Oh yeah, did you not know you can just do this with it?" And you're like, "Oh, well that that was the that was the key right there," and I yeah, didn't pick uh, it up yeah. because, you know, I'm also a little bit um, uh, impatient <laughs> <laughs> um, with some of these things as well. You know, sometimes I buy a module, and I'm like, "Oh god, that doesn't do anything like I thought it was going to do," and I put it to one side. And then I'll, I'll be sat here a couple of weeks later going, I just need this particular function. I wish I had something that did. The, oh, hang on. This module that I sort of yeah. set aside. You, you know, didn't know I've, you needed it until until you uh, until yeah. you needed it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So, it's uh, yeah, it's about exploration. And and, and um, I guess that's, that's how I learn them. And I'll put my hands up and say that I don't know all of these modules. There's, there's quite a lot here. Um, I don't know, you know, ev I don't use every single function on them. I use the functions that I need to get the results that I'm after. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. The other things like the Pulsar and stuff, I mean, that's got a lot of patch points on it that I still have not used at all. I don't know if I will use. I've just gravitated to those things that um, that are that that are working towards well, yeah, the work sound that I'm after, basically. Yeah, it's funny, guys. So I, I mean, useful. back... Back yeah, thank you. Back in the day, wasn't it? I mean, Yamaha and and uh, Roland manuals were the tomes, weren't Oof. they? Oh I mean, god, yeah. They were. They were know, all. Dense. They were all how to do things, but never any why would you want to do it. So you know, so you'd have long <laughs> how tos, but you know the why factor was always missing. Um, I just grabbed a few manuals here. The Moog sub, uh, the Moog semi modulars all come with a nice proper, really lovely. Illustrated yeah. manual. The Super Six comes with a rather nice manual too. That's a lovely thing. Um, yeah, they give you some yeah. patch ideas as well, don't they, Moog? In some of them, they do. They do uh, tutorials and that. and I love manuals. I will. I love them. And usually, if I've got something on order, I am really excited about it. I'll have read the manual from cover to cover before it's arrived. And uh, yeah, I I love them. I love them. I think in a way, a manual is a good way to really get into the uh, into the into the head of the of the creator um because you know i think a lot of the time uh that stuff that really special stuff you probably you might find by accident but you probably won't especially 
things that are a little bit more abstract. Uh, but the thing that's most important for me for exploring a new synth is learning how to initialize a patch. And to do that, you know, hopefully that's a really fast thing. I'll be talking about this later on my show tonight from 8 p.m. Um, with regard to the Super 6. Uh, the Super 6, you press a shift button, then you hit the, the manual button and it takes you to a... A starting sound, which is yeah. just like a single sawtooth, almost uh, standard. Um, that for me is the crucial thing. I remember going over to Modal when uh, and having a look at uh, some of their 002 back in the early days, you know, and I, and I was going, "Oh, how do you create an initial, initial patch?" It's like, "Oh no, you have to kind of get, go up to a free number in the." And I didn't like that. It's like, no, <laughs> you've got to with a synth, you've got to be able to reset it like instantly. I think that's a really crucial, crucial design yeah, thing there. I suppose so, but um, you don't get that with analog. I mean, it's where where the front panel is and you've uh, got to you've got Yeah, it's true, it but I mean, you know, if you've got like these complex things, uh, being able to get it into a default state and you know what all of the things are set to, when you're looking at the controls, they're all over the place for sure. But if you know that, you know, uh, I think in, the, in the, the Super 6 manual, there's a picture of how all of the... Yeah. All of the uh, controls should be set at that initial sound. Uh, but I think that's really important. Uh, and I think another interesting thing there, uh, again, I'm just referring with the Super 6, is the Super 6 doesn't do pickup MIDI. Um, so any controls, oh, sorry, pickup of the controls. So any presets, the moment that you adjust a parameter, it'll snap to that. It won't. You won't have to kind of move through it and find the pickup point. Now, yeah, yeah, that's I, a bit I, of controversial. I, I, I would, no, but I was, I was playing with something recently and I was finding that and it was mm. like, well, I, I don't want that. I want it to be, you okay, want it where is it, when you where is it now? It. But, the, but at the same yeah. time, there are times when you do want that and it's usually when you don't understand mm. what's going on. I mean, uh, if I, I address this a little bit, I mean, when I've got a synth coming in and it happens so often and I'm ashamed to say what I'll do is I'm, I'm working through, I generally won't read the manual unless I need to but sometimes I I also think I've read the manual and I haven't and I ask them if I'm reviewing something is, does, is it supposed to do this and they said yes it's in the manual and you just think <laughs> okay well I should have, should have known I, I should have looked but sometimes you know if it's a big manual yeah. I, I, I'm trying to get to like you Matt I'm trying to connect with a synthesizer I don't want to read the whole thing to understand all the words that are written about it first I want to feel where it's taking me and go all oh, right well if it's going in this direction that means if it, it should be able to do this right and if it can't and i or i can't figure it out then like you, you say yeah and it's a read. sort of yeah well i suppose you can you can yeah. speed read a manual though because when you're looking through a manual you know you pretty much know exactly what it's going to say so i'm scanning over the manual and then my eye will spot something that's a little bit kind of unexpected so i think i have, I have is the old this manual skills <laughs> yeah i have the old pdf so i can do command f and just type in a word that I'm looking for, like ratchet or you know something, and that's how I get that's how I get through and find things pretty quickly. Um, and guys, I'm really looking forward to your show tonight, but actually, because the Super Six was just going back to what I was saying about learning a synth was the last mm. synth that I probably played on. I played on it at Super Booth that I just totally got straight away within a couple of minutes. I had a I had what I call a moment with it where. Um, yeah, I just was like, I've got to get one of these things. It was, uh, it was so playable. It was so instant. Yeah. It sounded amazing, and it was familiar as well in its layout. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. So that, that allowed me to to learn that quite quickly. And I think if I had one in front of me now, I think I'd I'd get my get my head around it pretty quick. And there are quite a lot of unexpected spots in it as well. That's the thing I've, I remember when I was uh, working with it. It's like you're going, and then you're so, suddenly there's this, this thing. It's like, oh, 
that's like mm. where right. all the all the interactions come together and it's more than the sum of the parts you know that that, that works as well in the, did you oh sorry did you know that there is the uh the, there is a, a secret in the LFO that is called the Batwave modulator. Did you know that? I did because I, I I did suggest that actually it was. That to is do your with, suggestion. Ah, because yeah. when you could, when you load wavetables into oscillator one, I think it is not wavetables, just just single sample. Yeah, wave single one. sample waves. Single. Uh, I said, well, that would be great if you could use that as the LFO as well, because then you'd have all sorts. And, it, and they went, yes, we'll do that. And they 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 said we did. That. <laughs> so I, now. I uh, you'd only know that if you read the manual, you see that it, that it's there. That's one of those. That's one of those little things because it, you know, you have to hold shift when you choose the LFO select, and then it will choose whichever one you've loaded in to DDS one. Anyway, so so, so that was kind of cool. Oh, there we are, Batwave, the Batwave modulator for LFO. <laughs> I will just one last thing I w uh, is worth mentioning is that what I love about uh, the music technology communities is that you often find somebody who ends up writing an unofficial quick start guide to synthesizers as well and they just drop it on facebook as a pdf and it's usually full of like a few try this out first and then try this out and then you might want to try that just things that you don't usually get in a manual so communities are a great way to to learn a synthesizer as well um um, and people doing these cool things just for nothing as well, and you can just tip them on PayPal for doing these sort of things as well. So yeah. it's another thing. Well, as to your, uh, as to the Joe Johan Bex who said, do you keep notes? Do you keep a list of notes for each synth for tips and tricks you forget otherwise? I don't, and I'm, re I, and I probably should. I, uh, you know, because quite often, you know, I'll, what I'm doing is I usually have the synth here while I'm doing other things, just getting to know it and going initial impressions is like oh it doesn't seem to do that why not and then that might be a question i ask about so i write notes in in terms of things to ask the developer or things to ask the uh, the manufacturer like you know will it or can it or have i missed something here so and i probably should because often you know it's like it's like the dictaphone and having ideas sometimes you think oh i must try that i wonder if that'll work you know so i probably should and it probably is a good i have idea. I keep a lot of um, notebooks when I'm programming modular and it's it's just full of just stuff like this, which is just patch ideas and what worked and um, what what didn't work and how to come up with a really cool, fat, distorted, reverbed <laughs> uh, stereo oscillator that, you know, and just signal paths and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, um, just go pop down the shop and get yourself some of these little moleskin books as well. And... Sometimes when I'm sat in a pub as well, I'll take one of these with me and I'll sit and write down a few sort of like, oh, what ifs, what ifs, and then come back and then actually try it out. You know, it's just, yeah, I need to get <laughs> you're out one more. Of those guys, you're one of those guys who sits at the pub <laughs> with, a, with a book taking notes. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I know. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. That's a good yeah, idea. I mean, weird there's, signal there's, paths, there's something basically. about a moleskin, isn't there? That uh, or an iPad or whatever. That you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I use I use a, a, an app on the iPad called Simple Mind, and um, I use it for all sorts of stuff. But I, oh, you can't see it there. But um, it's a it's a it's a it's a. It's a Is it like a mind mapping mind kind of thing? Yeah, and I'm finding it actually. Simple Mind is really good. I, I'm making some modular patches, but I'm doing it on using Simple Mind and patching all the things together. And uh, uh, so that that's something that I haven't really done before. I was uh, I was out having a walk, listening to some. Um, God, what was it? It was really early '70s modular experiments. Oh, blah blah blah. But um, 
I was struck with a, I was struck with inspiration, and when I got home, I mind mapped all of the ideas that I was having, and I'm currently trying to put that all together at the moment. But uh, but using the mind mapping was really kind of cool because I was away from my modular rig, and I was just thinking about things in much more kind of musical senses, linking it up then as these thoughts with the mind map, and now I'm translating that into um, into my modular rig. Yeah, that's something thanks, that's new uh, for just me. want to say thanks mm. for the drink, Wagyu. I don't know if that'll come up. Hey, Wagyu. Me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I can't actually. I don't think that that sticker sticker thing works. But thank you, Wagyu. That's very kind. That will go towards the when we can finally get together and have a drink, <laughs> a drink fund. Um, it's actually got to five o'clock. We haven't been through all the topics, so I mean, you know, it feels like. Uh, probably a good time to uh, wrap things up. We might be able to save some of them for yet another week. As we get to the summer, sometimes these things do get a little bit uh, quiet. But don't forget, if you want some more online action, both Matt and uh, Gaz have got shows tonight. Uh, Matt is uh, live streaming at 7 o'clock on his channel. Uh, if you just look math yeah. at maths. I'll uh, be sure to finish by 8. Gaz for you, don't worry. Not, <laughs> not right. like yeah. anyone's going to be Welcome hanging around. Me. And Gaz is going to be doing his <laughs> yeah. on uh, uh, at seven. No, at eight. Sorry, eight p.m. Yeah, on the yes. on the Udo Super Six. Uh, yeah, are you feeling a bit left out? Do you, do you kind of need? Uh, have, <laughs> I haven't seen you live streaming recently. What what would you live stream? Have you, have you thought about like doing mix sessions and stuff like that, or does that more I, I, closed? Yeah, I have, I have, and uh, you know, everyone is doing stuff, and I'm kind of uh, left out. I, I started um, shooting some some stuff about mixing, uh, but yeah, there's there's a thrill about uh, about doing it live. Um, but it's just uh, I need to gear up for that and, you know, yeah. post it to all the right accounts and all that. And it's a lot of that. Yeah, that's the I'm, thing. The, I'm the, usually the... Con I'm, I like to concentrate on on this, you know what I mean? And um, on 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 the music side of things rather than the yeah. visual I and all that. But I know that. it's important. And uh, and whenever I do uh stuff with with you with uh with sonic state uh we get such good uh responses that uh apparently people well maybe we can uh, work something out relate to that. <laughs> we'll just we'll just we'll just have your brain dump you know you can, whenever you're ready to give it we'll 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 take it it's fine you know but uh yeah uh, well one of the things that was really interesting about the uh office hours show that i was on yesterday uh is they have a much larger panel, but they have a much more disciplined kind of series of questions. They, so the first hour is just quick-fire questions that any of the panel can answer. Second hour is uh, questions to the focus. And uh, last yesterday I was the focus, but previously they, you know, it might be kind of using multi-band compressors or whatever and you get questions from the mm -hmm. panel to, it's, it's a really interesting thing just to watch and it's really sparks a lot of synapses for some ideas for for more content so i'm, I'm considering it uh, a lot at the moment uh, and that's one of the reasons i made my multi-view here so we can look at the screen there we go simple mind that's that's the thing you were talking about oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's excellent yeah 
So, uh, well, yeah. I guess well, I guess we're kind of at the end of the show. If you like what you've seen, please feel free to uh, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube. Uh, always happy to have more subscribers. And, of course, uh, you can always uh, join us on Patreon if you want the pre-show. And all our, our pieces go up uh, ad-free, assuming they're not monetized on YouTube. And there's also extra content I'll be posting that stems from my Tomorrow uh, Friday fun and uh, all that kind of stuff. So please do support us if you, uh, if you feel the need. It's always much appreciated. So, guys, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for... I actually got me four up, haven't I? I do that one. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Uh, I think that's it. We're, we're done. Uh, and I hope you all have uh, a lovely week and we'll see you all soon. So uh, that's it for this week. See you all next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. <laughs>